Today, I want to look at a passage found in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. And if you have a copy of God's Word, I would invite you to take it out and to join me in 2 Chronicles. Um, and normally this would be when I would say it's on this page, but uh, I, I don't know the page number in, in your Bible. And so 2 Chronicles is in the Old Testament, uh, and, and we'll be in chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, today is my son's birthday, and last night before he went to bed, he asked me, Dad, does God know the, the highest number? And I said, son, God knows everything. And in church, I want you to know today that though COVID-19 uh, has caught us off guard, uh, it's caught our leaders off guard, local, state, national, uh, global leaders, though there's a lot of scrambling going around as we looked at last week, uh, God is enthroned. And this did not catch God by surprise. And so uh, in times like this, what we do is we turn to Him. I'm so thankful for the uh, scripture Scott pointed us to and the prayer and that we can sing songs, what a friend we have in Jesus. And we can take everything to Him in prayer. And we can rest in the fact that God is in control. And that's what we're going to see today. And today I have three truths that I want to lay out for you. Uh, from Second Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, before we dive into God's Word, uh, we're gonna, I want you to know how this is going to work. So I'm going to preach a normal sermon now, uh, and then we're going to have a time of prayer. So you may be tempted at this point to log off and say, I can do this later. But I would ask that in your living room or, or wherever you're watching this, that you would stay with us and that you would spend this time uh, in prayer with us, um, and, and that we would just uh, knock on uh, heaven's door, right? That we can boldly approach the throne of God by the work of Christ and that you would pray with us uh, and spend this time doing that. I do want to let you know there's other resources uh, under the video on our, on our website uh, that you can use. There's information about our Annie Armstrong Easter offering. There's kid level resources. There's ways that you can give uh, your offering uh, as well as a, a number of other resources there. If you're our guest, there's a, a place to... Uh, you know, let us know that you joined us today via this live stream, and we would love to follow up and know how we can serve you and pray for you during this time. But before we turn to God's Word, would you join me in prayer? Uh, Father, we love you. Father, we are so thankful for your great love for us. Uh, Father, we know that your Word does not return void. Father, we know that you are enthroned in the heavens. Father, as we saw last week in Psalm 46, we know that you are our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Father, we thank you that you are our fortress, that you are our high place, that you take us to your high place, Father, that you provide everything that we need. Father, we know that we do not live by bread alone. We live by every word that comes from your mouth. And so, Father, now we, we scoot our chairs up to to your dinner table, Father, your, your supper table that we might feed, Father, that our souls might be nourished. And Father, we echo the words of that ancient prayer. What we know not, we ask that you would teach us. What we have not, we ask that you would give us. And what we are not, we ask that you would make us. For your glory, our good, and the spread of your gospel. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, looking at the the life here of Jehoshaphat may seem a little out there. Uh, last night I told uh, Jenna that I was going to be 
uh, speaking on this passage, and I thought that a lot of you would probably say, why in the world are we looking at the life of Jehoshaphat uh, this Sunday morning? But I believe that there are three wonderful truths that I want to encourage you with and point you toward this morning. And what I will do is lay them out as we walk through the text. So normally I like to read the text and then go back through it, but it's a, it's a long section here in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And so I will just give the point. Maybe you have something you want to write these down, and then we'll, we'll see how they, uh, where I'm getting those from in Scripture. So Jehoshaphat is the fourth king of Judah, and uh, we'll, we'll just dive in here. Uh, verse 1, after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and with them some of the Meunites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. So men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are Hazen Tamar, that is in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now, I want to do this before we get into the points because this is the background. Judah here is God's people, Judah, is facing, they are facing together a present threat, right? It's a threat that they can see. They see uh, these, they're coming toward them and they are afraid. And so they assemble together. Now, there is a difference, right? COVID-19 is a threat that many of us feel that we cannot see, right? It feels like that uh, there, there is an attack, right? As Scott mentioned, and as we're here, we can't gather together physically, right? We've seen our, our stock market waver. We've seen states locked down. We've seen that our lives have been turned upside down in the last few weeks. And not just our lives, the lives of many around the world turned completely upside down. Many of you, your jobs have shifted to be working from home. Some of you are wondering if your job will still be there. Our kids know that they're out of school this week, but the likelihood is they're not going back the week after that. And so there's a lot of uncertainty. And that's what God's people here were facing from a very present threat that they could see. Now, again, we can't see COVID-19, but it's the same thing. So verse 5, how does Jehoshaphat respond? Verse 5. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, and listen to this church, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before the house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Now, before we read verse 12, this is the first response. This is the first truth that I want to give you this morning, and it is this. Church, petition God. Petition God because He is sovereign. 
Petition God because he is sovereign. In the midst of COVID-19, cry out to God and you petition God because God is sovereign. God rules. God reigns. This is what Jehoshaphat is saying here. Lord, back in verse 6, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Church, cry out to God on the basis of that. When you petition God, petition God on the basis that He is sovereign. He is sovereign. In His hand there is power and might and none is able to withstand Him. That is what last week in Psalm 46 we saw where God one day will say, be still, right? Just as Jesus said to the, to the winds, to the rain, be still. One day, God will say, be still. And friends, in whatever trial, whatever obstacle, petition God on the basis that He is sovereign. Now, verse 12, I want, I want you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, I'm going to petition you to make verse 12 uh, just a life verse during this time over the next couple weeks. Look at it with me now. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. How many of you have felt, now it's not a, a great horde, right? They're, they're looking out and seeing a great multitude of an army and camping around them. But how many of you right now feel a similar sense of powerlessness? Helplessness. You, you, you don't know what to do. Right? Some of you have loved ones maybe that are in a, in a nursing facility, in an assisted care facility, and you can't go and see them. Maybe you're a healthcare worker. And you're going to work every day to serve the most vulnerable and the most needy. And, and you don't know if, if you're going to catch it and you're going to be around. Maybe you're a high-risk person and you still have to give health care. Maybe you're law enforcement. Maybe you're first responder. And you're continuing to serve. Maybe you're just someone and you're thinking, God, this situation seems all I can do is just check WREL or check Fox News or CNN and see the constant numbers and the the way the graph is spiking and I, and I don't know what to do. I feel helpless. Here Jehoshaphat says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Church, let me encourage you. Whether it's COVID-19 or something else, any trial, any obstacle that seems too big for you, right? Get rid of that statement that says God never gives you more than you can handle. That is absolutely not biblical. But what is biblical is there is nothing too big for God. And here Jehoshaphat says, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Right? It can be something as simple, right? This morning, my son was opening up some of his birthday presents, and there were things he couldn't figure out. Dad, can you, can you fix this for me? Dad, can you put this together for me? I don't know how to do it. It's too big for me. But dad, can you do it? Some of you just need to go to your heavenly father today and say, dad, this is too big for me, but I know it is not too big for you and my eyes are on you. Would you make that a prayer over the next coming days and weeks? God, this is too big. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. 
So first, if we petition God because He is sovereign, next, we position ourselves because our God saves. We petition God because He is sovereign. We also petition ourselves because God saves. So if we petition God, then how do we position ourselves? How do we react? Because a lot of us know we pray to God, we say the prayer, we say amen, and then we don't know what to do with ourselves, right? We continue to worry. We continue to be anxious. We continue to, to, to feel helpless. So let's keep going. Verse 13, Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. I just decided that I want to give myself a test this morning by just pronouncing the most amount of hard names in the Bible as possible. Verse 15, and he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find, or Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Love that. You will not need to fight in this battle. Picture that. All of the people of Judah are gathered together. Their families are with them. They are preparing. They see all of the armies encamped around them. And now the prophet says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position. And see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. He tells them essentially, get ready for battle, prepare yourself for battle, and you're not going to do anything. You're not going to fight because the fight is not yours. The battle is not yours. The battle is God's. One of the most beautiful names of God in the Old Testament is, is that God is a warrior for his people. That God is the champion for his people. That his people rest in the fact that God is not only sovereign over the nations, that he is As we saw last week, he is a refuge and a strength for his people. He is a present help in times of trouble. He is ready and able to defend and to fight for his people. And what Jehoshaphat here says is to the, 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 uh, the prophet says here to the people, including Jehoshaphat the king, is essentially prepare yourself for battle and understand you're not going to fight. God is going to fight for you. Friends, I want you to hear this very quickly. You're not going to solve. And you're not going to fix all of earth's problems. Praise God for doctors and for those scientists who are figuring out a cure to COVID-19. But understand there will be something else or there's going to be something in your life that is too big for you and you can't overcome. And you feel like I've got to be the champion warrior. right? This is why we so misunderstand the story of David and Goliath. You're not David. God is David. God is the one fighting for David. The whole point is the ridiculousness that David could defeat the giant of Goliath. You don't have to be David defeating the giants in your life because God is the one who defeats the giants for you. 
You are the people of Israel who just get to reap the reward of God's victory. Now you're going to say, well, pastor, that discourages me because I had this in my life and, and, I, and I was going to be a champion. Listen, what I'm saying is you don't have to be that. There's no requirement for you to be that because God goes before you. The language here is identical to the Exodus, right? Where God told his people, get ready, you're going out of Egypt. And guess what? I'm going to do it all, right? I'm going to be the pillar of fire. I'm going to be the cloud. I'm going to part the Red Sea. I'm going to lead you across. And then I'm going to make the sea go back. I'm going to do it all from A to Z. I'm going to do it all. And all of these stories that we teach to our kids over and over and over again, think about them. Daniel is thrown into a den of lions and the lions sleep with him at night. They don't eat him. They don't attack him. It's not because Daniel did anything. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego are thrown into a fiery furnace and there is a fourth with them and they are saved, right? It's not because they had flame, you know, a great suit that they wore or they figured out how not to burn up. It's because God was with them. The story over and over again in the Old Testament is God shows up and shows out for his people. Then he wins the victory over and over and over and over again. And when we get to the New Testament, He sends his son, Jesus, right? And all of us are guilty because of our sin. And because of our sin, we all deserve only one thing, and that is death. But praise be to God, we do not fight that battle ourselves. God has won the war in Jesus Christ, right? We are saved by grace through faith. What that means is we don't earn it. We don't fight the battle. We don't pick up a stone. We don't pick up a slingshot. God did it all from A to Z. And that here is what Jehaziel says to the people and Jehoshaphat. He says, God is going to win the victory. And so just position yourself to watch God. It's the idea here that the armies are encamped looking at Israel. And Jehaziel says to God's people and to Jehoshaphat, arm yourself put on your armor, get your stuff, and now you encamp and just watch God. And you just watch God. So church, if we're going to petition God because he's sovereign, we're going to position himself because position ourselves because God saves. We serve and we worship a God who saves. And he saves his people. So how do we respond to that after we've petitioned and we've positioned? Well, we praise. We can praise God because He is faithful. Look with me here, verse 18. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And and this may have been in the previous... um, uh, stream, but I, I'm not sure. But the Korahites are descendants of the sons of Korah who are mentioned in Psalm 46. They wrote Psalm 46. So last week when we were looking at Psalm 46, and th- it says that this was a psalm of the sons of Korah. Here we have the Korahites who are their descendants. And so uh, the Levites of the uh, Kohathites and the Korahite, Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. 
And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. As, now, don't miss this next part. As they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. I love this. Imagine it, right? The, the other armies, they are encamped around God's people, right? God tells his people, get ready for battle, but you're not going to fight. I'm going to fight for you. And now he says to lead you out, I want you to put singers, right? Instrumentalists. He says, I, I'm putting together a marching band to go before my people because I want you to know the victory is mine. Right? The others send their champion warriors out front. God sends worshipers out front. Don't miss that. And they're already singing his victory going into battle. Right? This is an amazing thing. And just imagine this, right? Imagine you're up against uh, like a, a, a foe and they come in singing victory before anything has happened. Right? And this is the beauty as God's people when Caleb asked me, God, does, Dad, does God know the highest number? And I'm like, son, God knows everything. Friends, God has revealed everything to us. He has told us the end, right? God is the beginning and He is the end and we have it, right? God wins. God wins yesterday. God wins today and God will win. As we saw last week, one day God will say, be still, right? One day there will be no more COVID-19, there will be no more cancer. There will be no more disease. There will be no heartache or sadness. These things will be past tense because God is victorious. He is steadfast. This is here it says, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. The word steadfast love there is the Hebrew word chesed. And that means covenantal faithfulness. It's a word used over and over and over again in the Old Testament, which means that God continuously keeps his word to his people. Friends, today hear that God continuously keeps his word to his people. If God has promised something to you, to his son, to his daughter, he will follow through. Right? God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God is faithful and his steadfast love doesn't endure to tomorrow. It doesn't endure to next month. It doesn't endure to next year. His steadfast love endures forever. Now the word endures means perseveres. It means it goes through something, right? In the midst of COVID-19, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And in the midst of heartache, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. In the midst of not knowing what's happening with your job or the stock market or your health, here, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And so praise Him now. Praise Him now, this week. Right, parents, if your kids are home, pray, pray, play praise songs in your home. Let the praise of God reign over your home. Right? When you're, when you're praying, go ahead and do like the Psalms do. Start with a petition and end at praise. This is a pattern we always see in Scripture. Start with a petition. Then you position yourself. Then praise God because you know God will come through. Right? In a couple of weeks, we'll celebrate Easter. God promised all the way back in Genesis that he would send the seed of woman to crush the head of the serpent. And he sent forth his son 
Jesus Christ, and God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God saves and God is steadfast and God is sovereign. So church, what we do is we petition God because he is sovereign. We position ourselves because he saves. And we praise God because he is faithful. It goes on and it says here in verse 22, And when they began to sing in praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah so that they were routed. Did you see that? God's people are not the ones fighting, right? It says God ambushed the people and they were routed. Friends, sin, God has ambushed sin and sin is and will be routed, right? Disease, heartache, affliction, God is setting ambush against these things and they will be routed. And I love this, this valley where God's people are gathered. When all of the armies are in camp looking at them, we see in verse 26, on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Barakah. It became known as Barakah, and that word in Hebrew means blessing. They named the valley where they were encircled and encamped with all of their foes surrounding them, blessing. Why? Because God is sovereign, because God saves, and because God is steadfast. Whether it's in the midst of COVID-19, whether it's in the midst of any trial or obstacle you face outside of that, whatever you are going through today, petition God because He is steadfast. Position yourself because He saves. And praise Him because of His steadfast faithfulness which endures forever. The church, I'm going to ask you to respond with a time of prayer now. I have seven prayer points. Now we're just going to take about 60 seconds to 90 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half, to just join together and to go to God and petition Him based on His sovereignty. We're going to position our hearts based on His salvation. We're going to praise Him for His steadfast faithfulness. So these seven prayer points will come up And I would just invite you again, wherever you are in the midst of your own home, would you join us in praying now? The first prayer point we're going to pray through this morning is we're going to pray for those who have contracted COVID-19 as well as their families. Would you spend a a moment praying for those who have contracted COVID-19 as well as their families?
praying for those who don't have the virus, that they wouldn't get it, they wouldn't contract it. Would you especially pray for those who are considered high risk? Will you pray for those individuals right now who maybe are fearful or anxious that they will get the virus, especially those who are high risk? pray for all the healthcare workers and those on the front lines in this time, including our law enforcement officers and our first responders. Join in praying for the healthcare workers and those on the front lines in this time, especially our law enforcement officers and first responders. join in praying for all the local, state, national, and global leaders making difficult decisions during this time. Pray for our president and our vice president, all of our national leaders. Pray also for Governor Cooper and those at our state level and for our local leaders as well. Yesterday or Friday, I received an email from the mayor of Apex requesting prayer specifically. And so would we pray for our mayors? Would we pray for other leaders as they Figure out how to guide uh, and direct people during this difficult time.
Next, will you pray for all of the individuals and the families whose lives have been turned upside down during this time? I'm sure this probably includes you and your family and many things are going on. School, not knowing what's happening. Maybe you're a college student. You don't know when you're going back. If you're going back, you you don't know when you're going back to work. Maybe you have a lot invested in the stock market and you're wondering what's going on. There's a lot of different ways that lives have been turned upside down during this time. And we'll just ask for you to pray for the individuals and families whose lives have been turned upside down during this time. Next, let's pray for individual Christians and churches to be salt and light during this time. Jesus told his disciples to be salt and light. And, and, and Christian church, this is a time that we can be salt and light. That we can show what it's like to be part of God's kingdom. That we can love and serve others. That we can count others as more significant than ourselves. That we can point others towards his love. So let's pray for individual Christians and churches to be salt and light during this time. well as praying for individual Christians and churches to be salt and light during this time, will you join us in praying for a revival among God's people and an awakening in our nation and our world. Sometimes God has done His brightest work in times that seem the darkest. And as we read in John's Gospel, darkness cannot overcome light. And so would you join us in praying that maybe out of this would come a great revival among God's people and in a great awakening in our, in our culture, in our country, in our world.
Let's pray together. Our great God and King, You are enthroned in the heavens. You are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. Father, one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Father, we know that we can trust You. Father, we rely on Your steadfast love. And we praise You for it. Father, we position ourselves because You are a God who saves. We petition You because You are sovereign. And Father, today we echo the words of Jehoshaphat. Father, we don't know what to do. As we look out in our world, what's going on with COVID-19, but even beyond that, Father, when we look at disease and, and heartache and heartbreak and all the devastating effects of sin, Father, it is too big. It is too much. We are helpless. And so, Father, today as a church, as Your people here in Green Level, Father, we fix our eyes on You. We turn our eyes on You. For we know not what else to do. You and You alone are our rock, our strength, our salvation, our song, our refuge, our fortress. You are our hope. You are our peace. You are our joy. You are our security. You are our salvation. You are our God. Father, we praise You, we exalt You, and we thank You. We sing the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Praise Him. Praise Him. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.